Sauni Cup and welcome to another episode here for the Funkelport Mindful Media and Communication. And hey, don't worry, this week no end of the world talk, no strange island list talks, not even aliens in Miami talk or anything like that. I think we covered it last week anyways. Um, this week I'm going to talk sports. Because I did it once before, I like sports, as you know probably if you follow the podcast, you might like sports too and that's why you clicked on uh, this episode. So let's talk sports, okay? I promise end of the world again next week, but for now, sports is not the end of the world, I hope. For, for some it is, but it shouldn't be. So today we're talking sports, we're talking media and sports, in particular we're talking about um, examples of the NBA and football <laughs> soccer that hurts to say um, in regards to trades because well, the trade deadline is coming close in the NBA lots of football leagues just came back after the, the Christmas slash New Year slash winter break um, even those like the Premier League who play through it um, had a trade deadline so let's talk about the media and the media's influence on trades and how Players utilize the media, um, how clubs utilize the media, and yeah, what other players do we have in there? Okay, so here it goes. Um, let's talk about media when it comes to trades in professional sports. So we're trying to peel back the curtain a little bit to see like why do certain people say certain things and how do they know and, and so on. Okay, so we're, we're delving into the, the world of sports um, and again, in particular, NBA and football, the one where you kick the ball um, and where it's actually a ball because it's just like very current when it comes to trades. Okay, let's jump into it. Gonna jump into the NBA first um, because, well, I wanted to start with I wanted to start with a with a rhetorical question, but I know the answer. Like, like, I mean. You've seen it before, right? A star player making like a casual comment that then sparks a media frenzy. We've just we've just seen it um, a few days ago when Steph Curry. I, I and I forgot the quote. Ah, now that, that I pressed record, I forgot the quote. But he said something. He didn't say we need to change something now, but it was very LeBron-esque, like saying, "Yeah." It's not working right now, so something needs to change or something along those lines. Like a little bit passive aggressive, not too aggressive, but like, like oh, Steph Curry said something. All right, so, so that's the, the the framing theory. Okay, like when it comes to the framing theory in media and communication, like every word is like like a, a, a brush stroke of a large big picture, Bob Ross style. Okay, and it's like it's like. Decoding like a teenager's text message, right? Like a player's, like, I'm just here to play can really mean like, just get me out of here. It's like, it's an art form, okay? And the athletes in this case are like Picassos in sneakers or Aristotle in sneakers, if you think back to Shaq, of course, okay? And this is not only the case in, in, in the NBA, though, of course, right? It's the same thing in football. If like a player says, well, I just do what the coach tells me to do and I'm just here to play. You know, like, oh, he, he's, he's, she's, they're not happy, right? And let's switch gears a little bit because the, I think the framing theory is quite easy to understand, right? So 
you choose the words carefully and of course try to frame the way you're perceived in a certain way. So it's all about encoding and actually decoding and encoding, right? So I decode what I want to say in a certain way and then the receiver, um, or I encode some, I'm encoding, the receiver decodes obviously in a, in a, in a certain way, right? So if I say I'm just here to play, you know that I'm, my heart's not into it and I'm not happy and maybe something can be done. So if I'm interested in trading you or trading for you, I'm like, oh, did you hear that? Let's give them an offer. Okay, let's, let's, talk, let's talk trades. All right. But again, this doesn't only happen in, in, in the NBA. This also happens in professional football, the real football. <laughs> and, and the drama in football, if you're, not, if, you're not, if you're not into football, like the drama in football, in trades in football, that can rival any soap opera you've ever watched. Like if you're not into it, just, I don't know, give it a try. It's, it's, it's crazy. Like, the stories being told about, like, who goes where and why and who met with whom during the off-season and who sent texts to whom. And it's crazy. Uh, and this is all about agenda-setting theory, okay? Agenda-setting, as we discussed before in the podcast, um, the media doesn't tell us what to think, but what to think about. So rumors about a player warning a transfer... They're not just like idle gossip. They're like chess moves and like this high-stakes chess game, okay? It's like subliminal messaging, but for multi-million euro deals, of course. And I'm using euros right now because A, I'm from Europe and B, football is a very okay, European or South American thing, but definitely not an American thing. So that's why I'm using euros, okay? And I pay in euros. And yeah, so if, if like a, Players like desire to leave a club is being leaked. That's probably not a coincidence. Okay. If like, I mean, now we've seen some interesting trades um, in, in, in football, like, <laughs> okay, I have to throw it in because it's just so funny. Uh, Jaden Sancho from Manchester United, who, who left Borussia Dortmund in Germany to join Manchester United for, I think, like 89 million euros or something like that, like a few years ago, now hasn't played in, at, uh, with Manchester. Um, apparently doesn't fit the system or is like has issues with, with his professional I know, approach to football or whatever, according to, to Manchester United sources people there so now Dortmund got him back on a loan deal and first game back he assists uh, Marco Royce for a goal um, so maybe maybe it's the team okay but we're not here to discuss like current games it's just yeah when it got leaked that maybe Sancho wants out from Manchester maybe Manchester is okay with like with like um, loaning him that's not a coincidence. It's like, oh, wait, maybe we can get him back because he played so well for us before we sold him. Yeah, so that, that's all on purpose, of course. But it's not just the teams and the players, okay? It's also about, about you, about the fans. That's like where we have a theory called two-step flow theory. Okay, this comes into play here. And the media influences like key opinion leaders. Okay, that's a very marketing term if you're not familiar with it. KOL, key opinion leaders. And those KOLs, key opinion leaders, in return, they influence us, the mass, okay? It's like that one friend who, who tells you about a trend and suddenly it's like everywhere. In the world of sports, when like influential like pundits and, and personalities, for example, speak, that ripple effect can turn like a whisper into like this huge tidal wave, 
Okay, more on this in more detail also in a second. Um, but before we before we go into like the pundits and everything, uh, I wanted to quickly also talk about something else because I think this theory is not being talked about enough um, in the media. It's and I talked about it in the last podcast actually, but I just want to talk about it in this setting as well because I think it's so important. Yeah, the spiral of silent theory. Because you might have noticed that like, like certain topics just sometimes seem to disappear. Yeah, and that's the spiral of silence. Like when a narrative becomes like dominant, opposing voices, they start to quiet down. It's like being like a, you're at a dinner party where everyone agrees on like a topic and you're left nodding along because you don't want to rock, don't want to rock the boat. You're like, uh -huh, sure, sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, it, and that's, of course, not only in sports, trades, it's like in everything that you discuss, obviously, right? But this, of course, also happens when, it, when we, the fans, discuss certain things. You're like, oh, yeah, sure, 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 yeah. He's the GOAT. LeBron's the GOAT. Yeah, sure, sure. MJ's the GOAT. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 39 years. It's awesome. He plays so well right now. So many turnovers. He's the best. Yeah, never goes back to defense. He's fantastic. <laughs> so that's the spiral of silent theory. Okay. Now that we that we wrapping up like the theories we should be familiar with, because I mentioned them before, I want to um, add the cultivation theory into the mix as well. Also, last episode, um, because like over time, of course, as you know, the media shapes our perceptions, right? And when it comes to sports. This means that a team always seen in trade rumors becomes the, the in NBA terms, like the forever rebuilding team. Like, and, and the player like frequently in the news for potential trades becomes the, the journeyman, the main journeyman, right? It's like typecasting, but like in sports jerseys, of course, right? And so if you see this over and over and over again, you just have a certain image of a player in your head, right? Kevin Durant, for example, in the NBA. James Harden, like, oh, yeah, they're always requesting great trades all the time. Of course, right now, when Phoenix, Phoenix is not playing well, of course, of course, Kevin Durant isn't happy there again and is on his burner accounts again, right? So that's the cultivation theory because we cultivate that narrative about certain teams, about certain players, and so on. Okay, same thing in football, right? Oh, this guy always dies. He always flops. He, he just, he, he's overacting, right? That's cultivation theory. And if you repeat it over and over and over again, then the mass will agree on it. And this, of course, also affects the trades, right? You're like, okay, he's not happy there. He wants to get traded. That team gives up on, on, on players easily. They're going to trade for someone else again. They're just trying so many things over time, okay? So that's how the cultivation theory also influences like sports, media, and in this case also trades. And in addition, now we can also not forget about like one of the OGs when it comes to media theories, which is the use and gratification theory. Yeah, we as audience, we choose media based on our needs, whether for information, entertainment, social interaction, and so on. So following those trade rumors isn't just like a pastime, It fulfills our desire to feel yeah, connected, to be, to be like in the know, to be like part of it. And, and sometimes yeah, to confirm our biases of, as well, of course. It's like choosing like a movie genre where we, like, we pick the narrative that suits our current mood and interest the most. 
right? You're like, hey, this resonates with me right now, so that's why I follow it. Uh, that's why I want to know more about it. I want to be like the professional when it comes to all those things. Um, so those are like all the basic theories we discussed before in, se in several episodes here on, on the channel. Now just all like brought together in this media, sports media realm, okay? Now, I did mention earlier, I want to go into a bit more details with a certain aspect of what we discussed. And it was like when I talked about the two-step flow theory and the pundits, right? So let's pivot a little bit more into like this two-step flow, the pundit side of things. Because for me, that's a very fascinating uh, aspect of, of the sports world, okay? Like, if you're talking NBA, like, did you ever wonder, like, how figures like Adrian Wojnarowski, for example, like, who you might know as Woj, right, and Stephen A, become, like, go-to sources, like, in the, in, for the biggest scoops in, like, in this case, basketball, also other sports, but in this case, in basketball, right? And... You might say, oh, no, no, even 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 champs, of course, right? The the latest addition to 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 that fold, if you will. And the thing is, it's not just about being in the right place at the right time. Now, these journalists, they are kind of journalists, have they have cultivated like a, a network of like deep sources over years and years and years and years. It's like they have this this VIP pass to to behind the scenes action. Okay, and when when Woj drops one of his like Woj bombs uh, at the NBA world, it listens like, oh, what is Woj saying now? It's like a blend of credibility theory and then also information cascades, right? Kind of like blending together, right? So those those journalists they are seen as credible due to their track record, and once they speak, yeah, the information cascades through the media ecosystem shaping like perception and even maybe even the market itself right if Vogue says something you're like he must know something he's never wrong <laughs> but yeah that's the perception right okay so when they say something it carries value but 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 why them right but why are Vogue and Stephen A for, and not just taking picking famous examples but why are they the ones breaking the news or getting The, the high-profile guests in Stephen A's case and so on. And it all builds or boils down to trust and relationship, in my opinion. Yeah, they've spent years building trust, not just with their audience, but with players, with agents, team execs, and the like. Yeah, they're like the best friend that everyone tells their secrets to because they know they won't be judged, or at least, at least not publicly. And I mean, if you talk to Stephen A, you know... Unless you say, Stephen A., please do not say that under any circumstances, um, it's going to end up on air. If you, if you tell, if you talk with Boach, you know if he thinks it's interesting, it's going to end up on Twitter or then on Sports Center, right? And again, just using those two examples right now because they are so famous, there are more. Like, I mean, in the NBA, it's champs, and in, in, in football, there are, of course, different players um, in this regard. I mean, journalists as the players right now. Uh, but you've got those personalities everywhere, right? And their influence, right? Their influence is also like a testament to what I said earlier, to, to the agenda-setting theory. Yeah, what they choose to report and how they report it can set a tone for like discussion across the whole sports media. I mean, Stephen A. gives his take on like a player's performance or like a potential trade. It resonates. It's not just his opinion, it's an informed perspective that carries weight 
due to his stature in the sports media world. And when Woj says, oh, trade, trade rumors, you're like, oh, okay, something must be going on. And the thing is, yeah, they decide what to talk about. And that's also something that, that Woj has been criticized for like over the years that he, sometimes he doesn't talk about certain teams and players, for example, and like well, why the guy who knows everything is not talking about this or that person or how they're talking about the, those, those people, right? So it's their agenda. And in a, a, addition to agenda setting, there's also some power dynamics at play. Okay, like, like access journalism plays like a huge role here. Okay, that's not to be under, un, understated. So those journalists, they get scoops because they have access that others don't. But of course, this access comes with like its own set of unspoken rules, right? Why would I give you access if you just blab everything out? So it's like a delicate like dance of like give and take. So provide a platform, get a scoop. It's like a kind of like a symbiotic relationship where, where both parties benefit. But that's why it's so important for us as an audience to understand that. Like, all those scoops don't end up with Stephen A., with Woj, with Champs, and so on, by coincidence. It's like, they've been sent to them, shared with them, on purpose. Okay? So next time you, you see a, a Woj bomb, or you hear Stephen A.'s, like, hot take on latest trade rumors, and Big Perk yelling at people, um, or just shaking his head, um, like, you got to remember those intricate webs of relationships you know we have like relationships we have the credibility that those people work on of course we have the media dynamics i just mentioned like behind each and every tidbit of information like in the world of sports media it's not just about reporting news it's about weaving those different narratives building brands and of course being the first to tell some stories right so the journalists aren't just reporters they're story they're storytellers and influencers and, well, key opinion leaders, key players in the sports world. So, yeah, I just hope that, that I can paint a picture that visualizes or that, that highlights like how all those different theories are related and lead to, for example, Stephen A. Woj and so on, being influential factors when it comes to sports media. And that we should be aware of that. It's not that it's like terrible because we want those scoops. So, of course, build your relationships and so on. Yeah, but we need to be aware that like there's a reason why they have this information. Okay. So, as we're nearing like the end of today's episode, let's take a quick moment to, to reflect on everything that we've covered because I think it was quite a lot actually. And I, w I was talking very fast because I'm just so into, into the whole sports media thing. Okay. So, from the subtle art of media framing, like in player trades, to to the influential role of top-tier sports journalists. It's clear that the world of like professional sports is as much about strategic communication as it's about athletic prowess, obviously. Right? So every athlete also needs to know, like, what do I share with Woj? What do I share with Stephen A? What do I share with Fabrizio Romano in the football world, for example? Right? So what do I share with those people? What don't? How do I frame things? How do I communicate things? What kind of tweet do I send? Still called tweet, actually. Like, now, what kind of IG reel do I do I upload? <clears throat> I did none with a gun in your hands. So what 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 yeah? What do I communicate? How do I communicate it? So think about it. And next time the major trade happens, or like this 
one last time Vote bomb drops there's a whole backstory um, um, a network of relationships a dance of trust information and a strategic play of words like what do I say how do I say it uh, which narrative am I am I fueling is, is all part of the play it's like a game within a game if you will and it's endlessly fascinating and that's why I wanted to talk about it and if you want to talk more about it I'll be very 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 happy to do so Because I think, as I said, I find this incredibly interesting, fascinating to talk about. So, yeah, this brings me to the end of, of today's episode. So we journey through like this intricate interplay of media, sports, exploring how like narratives are shaped, how information is strategically released, and how certain voices become the the definitive source of of truth in the sports world. Okay, so thanks for tuning in. Um, don't forget, forget, of course, to leave your opinion as well. Like, who do you follow? Who do you trust? Who do you believe? Why do you believe Champs, Woj, Stephen A., whoever? Why are you on the side of Pat McAfee? That that should be a different, actually a different episode, the whole Pat McAfee thing. Um, yeah, so let me know. Um, who's your go-to source in the football, soccer, football world, right? Shout out in the comments, uh, social media, at Funkitpod. Email is funkitpod at gmail.com. Uh, leave some reviews. That would be very nice. Uh, that's very helpful to reach a wider audience. Until then, take care, stay safe, play some sports, and we'll talk soon. Saudi Cup.